15. You know, this morning, if you are a child of God, you get to choose whether you're going to be like a Christian and live the Christian life. And I appreciate that song, I Choose to Be a Christian. Our children uh, sang that song a couple of months back, and uh, it was encouraging. And uh, I'm thankful uh, for that message and song there. Luke chapter number 15 this morning. Luke chapter number 15. As you come to this portion of Scripture, a familiar uh, story. A familiar account, you're familiar with the prodigal son and what's taking place here. The son is going to approach the father and ask him or very simply tell him, give me what is mine, I'm going to go and do this and that. And he goes and he gets what is his. In verse number 11, the Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portions of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now you fast forward, he's just gotten his living, he's just gotten his goods, if you would, and he's going to find out rather quickly that he, it wasn't all that he thought it was. It wasn't going to be what he had intended for it to be or what he thought it might have been. And so in verse number 18, or actually back up, verse number 17, the Bible says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This morning, we're going to focus for just a few minutes on the Father here. Oftentimes, when you come to this portion of Scripture, you're going to look and you're going to notice the two sons. The first son is the one who is going to say, hey, make me or give me what is mine already. And then the the other son is going to be the one that, as the son comes back home, he gets a little worked up over the situation. He's not real happy about the situation. And the Bible tells us in verse number 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said, said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, or him, thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answering to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured the living with the harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You see, in this portion of Scripture, you have the two sons. One son is going to say, give me what is mine. And he goes and lives a certain way. And he finds out rather quickly that it wasn't all that he thought it was going to be. The other son, as his brother comes home, is going to become jealous. is going to become angry. is going to become worked up over the situation. And in all of this, you notice the father is steadfast. He doesn't change. Nothing is going to persuade him. As you come to this portion of Scripture, there may be some of you, as you've come to Father's Day 2022 and the prodigal son, some of you may have even lived this situation out. 
You know, in America, as I meet different people and as I go and I've been in different churches occasionally or at camps, I rather quickly pick up on the prodigal sons very quickly. And as you begin to think about stories, some of you may have lived this portion of Scripture out as you think about that child and you're raising that child to do all that you want them to do for the Lord and you're raising them in the biblical manner and you're trying to show them that the Lord loves them and the Lord has something for them. And you can imagine here in this portion of Scripture as the father is doing all that he can as the son comes and says, give me what is mine. You can imagine the emotions here. I'm sure that in our, our day and age, you can imagine that there were some words maybe exchanged if you were to place yourself there. And there were some situations that you look back on and you begin to think that that child is leaving the house of God and that child is leaving your home and that child is going to leave all of the convictions that you brought them to understand were biblical and they're going to leave all of those things. And you notice in this portion of Scripture that the Father doesn't change. There are some things that we begin to realize about the father this morning. You see, the son is very simple. There's a progression in the son's life. You begin to see that progression continue to get worse and worse. In verse number 12, the Bible says, Father, give me. You begin to see his selfishness right then and there present. That selfishness was very careless as he says, give me the portions of the goods that follow to me. We're going to get into that here in a few moments because those portions that he is dealing with were the fathers that were going to be left to his son. He had no intention of thinking about his father in this moment. He was only thinking about himself. It was a very careless act. It was also a very demanding act as he says, Father, give me. This isn't a a time when the, the son is suggesting, he is demanding, Father, give me what is mine. Very demanding, very careless, but it was also a situation where as you continue reading on the son, the progression, he was very careless, he was demanding, but then he finds himself alone. Alone. In verse number 18, the Bible tells us, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Why? Because he came to the end of himself. Notice with me, if you would, some things that we notice about the Father this morning that I pray will be a help to the parents. On Mother's Day, I made this uh, announcement that we are not going to be dealing with just the mothers on Mother's Day and the fathers on Father's Day, but we're going to be dealing with the home and the parents and the children as a whole because I want to encourage you on this day that we need some parents who, though your children might go astray, we need some parents, though your children might go this way. They might do that. They might say, no, forget the the Word of God. Forget the house of God. Forget the family of God. Forget God Himself. Some parents who will stand still and say, we're not budging. We're not leaving. We're not moving. And when you decide to come home, we'll still be here. Notice with me three things that you see about the Father this morning. Number one, we see that He stood still. He stood still. The Bible tells us in verse number 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided them unto his living. You begin to see this portion of Scripture here relaying that the father wasn't going to change. He just stood still as the, the son approaches his father. He understands that, hey, son, this probably isn't a very wise decision. What you're doing isn't something that you need to be doing, but you've asked this, you've requested this, and so here is the decision. He says in verse number 12, give me. And so what does the Bible tell us? He divided unto them his living. You see a spirit of rebellion in verse number 12 as the son is saying, give me what is mine. And very simply, and that spirit of rebellion speaks of this action or process of resisting authority. It's a a control issue. It's a a convention issue. It's a, a situation where the son is coming to the place where he says, I no longer care what the father has to say. I'm only thinking about self. 
The spirit of rebellion begins to creep in. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter number 15, verse number 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as is an iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. You know the story there in 1 Samuel 15. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You see, selfishness and rebellion never brings about a care for others. It always breeds a carelessness about an indifference towards others and a selfishness within. And as you begin to think about that, you think about the son here as he is saying, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. You begin to see that spirit of rebellion within him. But you begin to notice a couple of these statements. That word give me, that statement is a a demand here that is being made. It speaks of the son saying, I want what is mine. That word, his living, if you would, speaks of the wealth, the resources, or the goods. And in its context here in verse number 12, when he says, give me the portion of goods that follow to me, these were goods that would be left to the son. The son was not taking into account that the father still needed to live himself. How many times in our own lives are we that selfish individual? Many times you think about this portion of scripture and we come to the prodigal son and some of you know some prodigals. Some of you maybe have lived as the prodigal. Some of you may have some prodigals in your own home. Some of you know of some families who are struggling because they have a prodigal son and you're praying with them that that prodigal would come back to the fold. And the father very easily could have left. He could have given him and he could have divided unto him the goods and then he could have gone his own way. But the father stands still here and in Romans chapter number 13, we see that this is dealing with this riotous living here. In verse number 13, the Bible says, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. This is speaking of that rough living, that that squandering, if you would. He was consuming everything that was not meant for him. The son had said, Give me. And as he said, give me, no doubt the father staring into his son's eyes realizes no doubt that his son didn't realize what he was truly asking for. Some of you have been there. Some of you were the prodigal when you were saying, give me what is mine. I'm leaving the home. Some of you have had maybe a, a child that has left the home. Some of you know of a family that has that child or that individual who said, hey, I'm gone. And in this moment, the father, no doubt, is struggling here, but he does just this thing. He divides unto them his living. Imagine with me for just a moment, if I were to bring out a chair, a rocking chair, I imagine the father sitting in a rocking chair every single day, and even in this moment, the father, after he has just divided up his living, going and sitting in the rocking chair maybe, and just kind of rocking every single day and thinking about his son. Wondering, as he wakes up in the morning, wondering, what's he up to? All throughout the day as he is working, no doubt his son continues to cross his mind. I wonder what he's up to. As he goes and he lays his head down on his pillow at night, I imagine that he would lay his head down on his pillow and he would say, I wonder if he's, he's, he's okay. Prodigal son, a selfish situation that we see here. The Bible tells us in Romans 13, verse number 13 and 14, let us walk honestly. As in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is exactly what the prodigal had been doing. 
Give me what is mine. And he goes and he lives in sin. But you notice that the father stood still. The father stood still. Notice with me number two as we're going to park for just a few moments here in a minute. Number two, we see that the father not only stood still, but the father stayed the same. The father stayed the same. Imagine with me for just a moment the the son comes to the father and the son comes to him and says, give me what is mine. And for just a few moments, the, the father, knowing that he has raised his son the right way. I mean, imagine with me for just a moment all that he was leaving in verse number 18 that says, I will arise and go to my father. Well, why was he going to arise and go to his father? Because in verse number 17, he realized, as he said, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I perish with her. He had everything he would ever need back at home. The father in this moment, I could imagine, knowing that he had had done everything that he could, knowing that he had raised his son the right way, knowing that he was trying to show his son the right path, and all of those things, the son says, give me what is mine, that he might have been able to bargain with his son for a little bit. Hey, son, what's, what's the issue here? Can I, can I bring it to 2022 and what we're seeing in our day and age now as we're living in 2022 and we're seeing no longer that husbands are leading the home, no longer that the parents are leading the homes, but now we're seeing that children rule the homes. And imagine me for just a moment in 2022 if you were that, that parent and that child comes to you and says, hey, I want to leave the home, and you begin to bargain with that child. Well, what, what's the issue? Well, what, do, what are you mad about? What do you, why do you want to leave the home? Well, because you guys keep taking me to church, and I just don't like going to church, and you guys make me read uh, devotions at night with you, and you guys make me do this, and you guys make me, well, I'm not allowed to go and hang out with these people. I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to watch this and listen to this and do all these things. And for just a few moments, you begin to bargain with that child and say, I don't want you to leave, so hey, if, if listening to that music is what you want, then hey, just listen to it, but, but just try not to listen to it around me. Hey, if you want to watch those movies, you just watch those movies in private, but please don't leave the home. Hey, if you don't want to go to church, I mean, hey, yeah, listen, eh, you might be living in our house, but if you don't want to go to church, if you don't like that church, you just don't go to church. Hey, if you don't, if you don't want to participate in this, if you don't want to read your Bible, look, that's your, your own personal decision. I, you don't have to read your Bible. You go and do whatever you want. You start bargaining. That's not what the father does. You see, in this situation, the father understands, do I agree with this? No. Do I want this? No. But he divides it. Gives it to his son. Every single day, I imagine he thinks about his son, but he stayed the same. Could I encourage you as parents this morning that there are going to be times whenever your children dis, uh, dislike the decisions you make. And can I say this? That's okay. There were some times in my childhood where my stepdad and my mom made me do something or wouldn't let me do something, and I'd say, well, I don't like that. You know what my stepdad would look at me and say? You're under my house, so it doesn't matter. And now as I look back and I see some things, I look back and I say, you know what, I appreciate that. I'm glad that whenever I was 14 years old and my parents were moving to Columbus, Georgia, from Columbus, Indiana, that my parents didn't consult me and say, hey, uh, we believe the Lord is uh, moving us to Columbus, Georgia, but what do you think? I think we should stay in Indiana. Okay, we'll stay in Indiana. I'm glad my parents didn't do that. I'm glad that my parents said, hey, we believe the Lord is leading us to Columbus, Georgia. It's for the betterment of our family. We're going to plug into a church here. We've already found a church. It'll be good for you. And, And we just went with it. And I ended up getting saved in that ministry. I ended up getting called to preach in that ministry. I ended up meeting my wife in that ministry. 
Why? Because my parents said this is what the Lord wants. And they were obedient. You see, in this situation right here, the son realizes his sin. In verse number 17, he came to himself, but the father is staying the same. The father is not budging. The father is not going to change the biblical convictions that he had. Can I encourage you in 2022 that we would have some families and we have some parents and some fathers that would lead the homes and say, hey, the son might not understand right now, but there's going to come a day when he's going to see that, hey, this is the truth and this is the word of God and this is how we're going to live our lives. That we would live based upon the word of God. The son realized in verse number 17, as he said, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair and I perish with hunger. An individual speaking of this, this considering of the sin and the danger of it said, when considering the dangers of sin, when lust takes control, lust is what we're seeing here. He wanted to do his own thing. God loses all reality. Satan does not fill us with the hatred of God, but rather the forgetfulness of God. When we are in the grip of lust, the reality of God begins to fade. There's no discernment. There's no obedience. There's no wondering. There's no wondering what the Lord would have because we forget. And you see, in this portion of Scripture, prodigal had forgotten only to be reminded in verse number 14, the Bible says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and began to be in one. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. You see, there have been many that are sitting in churches today that you've been checking in, but you've been spiritually checked out for a while. We're walking into the doors of the church. We might even be sitting in the the, the chairs and the pews, and we might even participate by singing the hymns. We might even serve in certain ministries, but we're so far gone, we're checked out. And we're not plugged in any longer and it's, it's time for some families and for some fathers and for some mothers to say, no longer are we just going to show up, but we're going to show up with the intention of saying, God, whatever you desire, we will do. Wherever you send me, I will go. Whoever you would have for me to talk to, I will talk to. And some parents and some homes that will be filled with obedient Christians. You see, in this portion of Scripture, we see that the father stayed the same. The son comes to him in verse number 18 and says, I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Verse number 20, and he arose and came to his father. You see, the father stayed the same. As you begin to think about verse number 18 and this this spirit of repentance, this understanding that he needs to get some things right. It was said, if we put off repentance another day, we have a day more to repent of and a day less to repent in. And that's just a continuous time in our lives oftentimes. We're going to put off, we're going to put off, we're going to put off. We're missing opportunities. You see, the son shows as he has this repentant heart that his heart was changed. In verse number 20, and he arose and came to his father. But in verse number 18 and 19, it deals with that. He was intending to come, and he actually did come. But in verse number 19, And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me 
of thy hired servants. You see, in verse number 12, he was saying, give me. Very selfish. Give me what is mine. In verse number 18 and 19, you come to this portion of Scripture, in verse number 19, he says, make me. We need some Christians to live the Christian life, and as we come to our Heavenly Father, we need to quit having this give me mentality and start saying, Lord, make me. Far too often we go to the Lord and we begin to reveal all the things that we need while never acknowledging just how wonderful He is. You know, I'm thankful for the opportunities that I get to, to serve the Lord, but the day that I start saying, Lord, make me, or give me all of these things, instead of saying, Lord, make me a humble servant. Oh, Lord, allow me to serve. The son realizes rather quickly that it wasn't all that he thought it was going to be, and he begins to, to confess you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7, 9, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For you made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. In James chapter number 4, verse number 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 1 John 1, verses 8, 9, and 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. We focus on the prodigal here. Prodigal, when he lived a certain way and he did certain things and he came to the end of himself. But the father stood still and the father remained the same. He never stopped. He never changed. He remained the same. He was steadfast in his faith. For some of you this morning, you might be living this situation. For some of you this morning, you have lived this situation. You were the prodigal. You had a prodigal. You know of a prodigal. And it's a time of testing your faith. You have a child that leaves the home and they don't want to live with mom and dad anymore. They don't want to hold to the same convictions. They don't want to get in church any longer. They leave the, the house of God and the Word of God and the family of God in their own home and they leave all of these things and they go and live a righteous life and all of a sudden your faith is tested, right? You begin to question. You begin to wonder, did I do everything the right way? And Satan wants you to just live right there. Live right there. All of a sudden you start questioning everything. I imagine the son here, as he went and did these things, that the father began to sit there. And I, I don't know. I mean, let's fast forward to 2022, and I imagine depression might have set in. Discouragement might have set in. Was I a bad father? Was I a bad parent? Might have set in. What did I do wrong? It was a test of his faith. It was a test of his compassion as well, because in verse number 20, you see that the Bible says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was a yet way, great way off, his father saw him. Can I share with you number three? We see that he still loved the son. I want you to picture this for just a few moments. I wonder how the story would have been if, if we would have read this story, and in verse number 12... Bible says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto them his living. And then the story, instead of saying that the father saw his son a great way off, begins to reveal that the, the prodigal had been coming to the end of himself. The prodigal had become very remorseful and he was repenting of his sin. He wanted to get things right with his dad, but he shows up home. 
Dad's not there. Dad's not on the porch waiting. Matter of fact, Dad has said, if he wants to go, forget it. He can go. This morning, some of you might have a prodigal in your home. Could I encourage you to stay on the porch? This morning, some of you know of a prodigal. Could I encourage you to still keep the faith and hold hope? Notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father. When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I imagine in this story, as you come to this portion of Scripture, that the father every single day, hour after hour, the moments pass by slow, the minutes are extremely slow, the days are long, but he just sits there. He might have a lot of land, and so he kind of scans the land to kind of see if he sees the sun coming anywhere. Jacob, go ahead and stand up for me. And there comes a day when the father's just sitting there on the porch. He sees the sun. With tears in his eyes. He starts to rub him because he, he can't really tell. Is he seeing what he thinks he's seeing? And I imagine that the father gets down off the porch and begins to walk over to the son. And he doesn't, he doesn't push him away. He doesn't start to scold him. No, he just wraps his arms around him. I've missed you. Come on. And he takes him inside. And he brings him inside. Come in. Come in here. Come, come sit. And he goes and he says this right here. And in verse number 21, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants. Now notice this for just a moment. We don't know everything, but in verse number 21, the Bible tells us, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against him and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy servant. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Nowhere does it say that he even acknowledges what the son is saying. He sees the sun. He goes and he wraps his arms around the sun. He brings the sun in. The sun begins to, to talk to him. It's as though the, the father is relaying. It doesn't even matter. It's just good to have you here. It's just good to have you here. And he goes, and the Bible tells us in verse number 22, the best robe. He doesn't just get a robe. He says, bring the best robe. And he begins to put that robe on that son. The Bible goes on and it says, and bring a ring and put it on his hand. And he gets that ring and your hands are too fat to fit my ring. And he says, get shoes on his feet. And he brings the shoes to his feet. And all of this is taking place. Can I share with you that the robe spoke of righteousness. This identified him as a family member. Can I share with you, some of you are living the prodigal son life. And you're thinking, oh, what's the Heavenly Father going to say? I'll tell you what He's going to say. Welcome home. Welcome home. It's good to have you back. 
As you come and you see in the, the ring here, that ring begins to speak of a sonship of the young man. The shoes begin to speak of the provision and identify the man as not a servant, but as a child. He brings and he begins to put the robe on him and the, the ring on him and the shoes on him. And can I share with you, it would have been a much different story if the father wasn't staying still and standing put and, and making sure that he was waiting on the son as the son might have even gotten up and would have been coming home, and as he was coming home, he would have come home and would have been very simply saying, where's dad? I need to get right with dad. Where's dad? And maybe the servants come up to him and say, oh, you broke your dad's heart. and He just said, fooey with you. He just said, hey, if he's going to leave, then let him leave. I don't want anything to do with him any longer. But can I imagine this morning... That night after night and morning after morning that there was a father that was praying for his son and there was a, a child that was out there living a certain way but there were some parents that maybe in 2022 while that child is out there, that parent would be on the knees and saying, Lord, bring that child back to you. Can I share with you, even if the child never comes back to you, as long as he comes back to the Lord, that's all that matters. Far too often we say, if he doesn't come to me, then it doesn't matter. No, if he comes back to God, that's all that matters. As you come to the house of God this morning, maybe there's some parents here this morning that you know of a prodigal that is looking to come back home, but you've left them high and dry because they left the home. And I wonder if there'd be some parents who would humble themselves and say, you know what, they left and they didn't handle things right, but maybe you haven't handled things right either. You know, far too often we're waiting on someone to ask for forgiveness when we ourselves need to ask them for forgiveness too. You see, it goes both ways sometimes. And the son comes home and the father puts the robe on the son and he begins to put the ring on his son. He begins to put the shoes on the son and he begins to show him, hey, welcome back. You see, the father had been looking for his son and when he saw his son, he wasn't full of bitterness. He wasn't full of anger. Relief. Joy. Love. Compassion. You see, the son had asked for forgiveness. The father forgave and the fellowship was restored. All in a matter of moments. And this is one of the passages of Scripture that I wish that I could see visually of what was taking place. If it was illustrated, how the Lord would illustrate this. As I read it, I begin to imagine, man, as Jesus is explaining all this. The son's home. The prodigal had left. Notice what he says. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. You see, it was said that everything the younger son had hoped to find in the far country he discovered back at home. Clothes, jewelry, friends, joy, love, assurance for the future. But what made the difference? The difference was made when he no longer said, Father, give me, but Father, make me. And as the son comes back, he's restored. The fellowship is there. It wasn't a scolding time. It was just, let me wrap my arms around you and tell you I love you. Maybe there's some prodigals here this morning. Maybe you are the prodigal son. Maybe you know of a prodigal son. Can I encourage you in 2022, we do a great job of criticizing but doing nothing about it. There's quite a few prodigals in our world today, and we do a great job of letting people know who the prodigals are. But when was the last time you prayed for them? When was the last time you reached out to them? 
When was the last time you called them? When was the last time you just put your arm around them and let them know that you loved them still? Can I encourage you in 2022 that we would have some parents who, in verse number nine or in verse number 12, where the father just stood still, he divided unto him his living, and in verse number 20 he stayed the same, but he arose and came to his father. But when he was a yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Well, we have some parents in 2022 who would still love. If I could encourage you in a couple of ways this morning, four simple things. Number one, stay put. Number two, keep praying. Number three, be compassionate. Number four, trust the Lord. You say, well, what's going to bring my child home? The Lord. How's he doing? I don't know. How is she? I don't know. The Lord does. I'm thankful that there were times whenever my parents knew I was no perfect child. I was close, but not perfect. But I'm thankful that on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights and Friday nights and Saturday nights after basketball games, when I'd be walking up the stairs and I'd turn to my left to go into my room, I'd hear the cracks of the door my parents praying for me. And I'd just walk over there and just kind of listen, and I'd hear, many of you have met my stepdad. He's a big baby. He acts tough, but he's a big baby. And you could hear the quiver in his voice as he begins to pray for his children. Father, protect them. Guide them. Strengthen them. This morning, some of you may have a prodigal in your home. Could I encourage you? Stand still. Stand still. Stay the same. Don't, don't, don't compromise because your children disagree with you. Give them to the Lord. Bathe them in prayer. Love on them. You know, an article was written a couple of years ago, and the article, the whole premise of the article, go ahead and stand for me, was very simply dealing with children in the home. And it said this, whenever it did a survey, they did a survey and they said a lot of things could be resolved in homes. And a lot of children through this survey revealed that if their parents would have just shown them love by just giving them a hug, telling them that they love them, they would have understood how much their parents cared. Could I encourage you? These children, as you raise them, love on them. Let them know you love them. Care for them. And as they leave the home, some of them might rebel. Some of them might go and live a righteous lifestyle. And they might do things that you don't agree with. Don't cast them out. Let them know that you still pray for them. That you still love them. Stay put because there may be a day when the prodigal comes home. And they need to see mama and daddy waiting for them. With open arms saying, I'm here for you. I'm not saying that you should say, hey, keep sinning. Don't, don't be someone who give, let, lets them know that the sin is okay. But you should let them know you love them. I imagine as the prodigal stood up, came home, his daddy was sitting on the porch. As he stood up, he began to wonder, could it be so? I wonder this morning if that's some of them here. You are the prodigal. You have a prodigal or you know a prodigal. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this morning, Father's Day, 2022.
Lord, may we find ourselves as Gateway Baptist Church with homes that are, Lord, yielded to you, parents who are taking a stand for righteousness and desire to see you work in their homes. And Lord, no doubt we have some prodigals represented here. No doubt we've all maybe known of a prodigal or, Lord, some might have a prodigal currently or they were the prodigal son or, Lord, whatever the situation may be. Or may we find ourselves yielding to you all that's yours. May there be some parents who give their children to you and say, Lord, they're yours, not mine. Lord, may there be some parents who say, Lord, guide me and give me the grace and the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom, the discernment, the strength to be the parent I need to be. May we find some prodigals who might be present this morning getting things right. Everyone somewhere, Lord. I pray that we would all draw closer to you this moment. Be this invitation. Use it the way you see fit. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.